Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. About a month ago, we wondered if the quasi-bubbles in Indianapolis and San Antonio could hold to crown champions for the NCAA men's and women's tournament. The magic date was April 5th, when they would hopefully have a men's champion. Well, they did it. Wasn't easy, and it wasn't without controversy, but congratulations to Danny Gavitt and the team at the NCAA for the work they did in both Indianapolis and San Antonio. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, April 6th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody's doing well. Let's start with college basketball. Baylor ended Gonzaga's bid for a perfect season, 86-70 victory at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's Baylor's first men's basketball championship. It really wasn't close. Baylor scored the first nine points of the game. Gonzaga never drew closer than eight points. That could impact the ratings. Final NCAA rating numbers are due from CBS later today. We will have those when they come in. Meanwhile, speaking of ratings, ESPN had solid figures for the Women's Basketball Championship on Sunday night as Stanford's win over Arizona drew 3.6 million viewers. Like I said, that's in line with previous years. The game was down around 2% from 2019. That was Baylor-Notre Dame. But it was up 3% from 2018. That was Notre Dame-Mississippi State. So a solid, solid number. And remember, this game marked the first time ESPN had two teams in the women's final from west of the Mississippi River. And some felt that may drag down the ratings just a bit. Because remember, the eastern time zone accounts for around 47% of U.S. television viewers. Of course, that data point could also impact CBS when the network reports numbers for the men's Final Four. But again, our Austin Carp will have final numbers as soon as they are in. But overall, the tournaments end. The winners, easily for me, Stanford, Baylor, Jalen Suggs, And the focus on name, image, and likeness of college athletes, and also the focus on women's sports and the continued inequities between the men's and women's game. Now, who had a tough month? Obviously, the toughest month for Mark Emmer and his leadership. I expect more fallout, more discussion from the last three weeks in the days ahead. Well, they did it. The Texas Rangers had a massive crowd for its home opener last night. That story led NBC's Today Show this morning. If you look at the images of the Rangers home game, I mean, it looks so much like pre-COVID. I had to look two or three times at the images across different websites today because the images just seem so different than we are used to from the past year. The Rangers hosted the Blue Jays in front of the largest crowd at a sporting event in the United States in more than a year. We've talked on the Buzzcast how the Rangers plan to have it to full capacity. Well, they had an official crowd of more than 38,000. They announced that as a sellout And really, that represented 95% of the stadium's 40,000-seat capacity. This number, 38,000 fans, easily topped the Daytona 500 and the Super Bowl. 
both of course, which were held in February. And so this 38,000, the largest crowd at a U.S. sporting event since the pandemic began last year. Now, most reports I have read this morning have focused on the large number of fans spotted not wearing masks. And in fact, that was a focus of the NBC Today Show report as well this morning. MLB requires all fans over the age of two to wear masks at games this season, but a large percentage of fans in Arlington apparently went without masks. Now, this will not be the norm. The Rangers do not plan to have 38,000 fans per game. They do plan to reduce the capacity at Global Life Field for future games, but they wanted this home opener to be special. They wanted a larger crowd. They wanted to showcase the really grand opening of Globe Life Field. Because remember, they did not have that grand opening last year. So Globe Life Field, this was really the coming out party for that facility for the local fans. And boy, did they turn out. But it wasn't without controversy as well. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he refused to throw out the first pitch at the game. He was scheduled to throw out the first pitch, but he refused, citing MLB's decision to pull the All-Star game from Atlanta. Abbott also said he would no longer participate in any event held by Major League Baseball, and he said the state of Texas will not seek to host the All-Star Game or any other MLB special events going forward. So more political fallout from Rob Manfred's decision to pull the All-Star Game from Atlanta. Meanwhile, ESPN is reporting that Coors Field in Denver will be the host of this year's All-Star Game. It will mark the second time Coors Field will host that Midsummer Classic. But let's be clear, bottom line, this story is not over. There will be more calls for boycotts of Major League Baseball, and there will be much more criticism of Commissioner Rob Manfred in the days and weeks ahead. Manfred, though, hopes to turn the page by getting Coors Field announced and getting this story out of the news cycle. We will just have to see how successful he is. Let's move on to some other news for the Buzzcast. The San Jose Earthquakes have a new naming rights partner. Yes, their facility will now be known as PayPal Park. That's a new 10-year naming rights agreement. Financial terms were not disclosed, but the team said the deal is higher than its previous contract with Avaya. That was a 10-year, $20 million deal signed in 2015. This deal will also see PayPal's Venmo brand become the touchless, payment provider of the stadium. That's a first for the company, which had no deals in sports venues. So it's a pretty interesting deal to keep your eye on. For the earthquakes, they get a very local partner. And I think local partners always are the best ones. PayPal's headquarters are less than two miles from the stadium. The deal took seven months to complete. Elevate Sports Ventures represented the earthquakes in negotiations, while Scout Sports and Entertainment represented PayPal. The Minnesota Timberwolves opened their doors for the first time to fans last night as just over a thousand fans attended the first time since the pandemic. But the news is not so optimistic in Washington, D.C., as monumental sports and entertainment stated they believe that both the Capitals and the Wizards will complete their regular seasons without fans in attendance at Capital One Arena. The city government is still considering Monumental's waiver for fans to attend home games at 10% capacity, and there is no definitive timeline for when the city's decision will be made. Ted Leonsis acknowledged that Monumental was disappointed in the city's failure to grant the waiver, so no fans at Capital One Arena are a significant blow for Monumental Sports. Remember, the Capitals and the Chicago Blackhawks are the only U.S. teams in the NHL 
with no plans to allow fans in their home arenas. Of course, the seven Canadian teams are not permitted to have fans either. And our last item today, the French Open could be postponed for the second consecutive year. France entered a third nationwide lockdown on Saturday. The government is in talks with the French Tennis Federation about possibly changing the date. The French Open scheduled to start this year on May 23rd. So we'll keep our eye on that story. That is your morning buzzcast again for Tuesday, April 6th. Again, congratulations to the Baylor men's basketball team for winning the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay healthy, stay smart, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.